five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two. Hey, so what happens when you have got a diver or dive master candidate or master scuba diver or a rescue diver, whatever it happens to be, that their standards for the task that they're doing is so high and so stern that they no longer really enjoy the experience. Hey, my name is Rob Anderson. I'm your host of One Dive at a Time the official podcast of Neptune Warrior. And on this show, you get a combination of diving veteran issues. We talk about post-traumatic stress, post-traumatic growth, anxiety, a lot of other mental issues. And just trying to make sure that our first responders, our veterans, and even our divers have got good mental health. And diving is a way that we use to help promote that. So in this episode, we're going to talk about standards and when standards are really so high that you begin to lose really that joy of diving. And I've had this happen with quite a few. Well, let me, let me quantify that or qualify that. Not quite a few. I've had a lot of divers. They get so wrapped around the axle on making sure that it's perfect or maybe enforcing standards on their dive buddy that is so perfect come on this is a recreational sport it's supposed to be fun but i will wind up with divers who they you know they get their open water then they go get their advance and they get their rescue then they knock out a bunch of specialties then they do master scuba diver they knock out some more specialties and one day they say hey i want to be a dive master like that's a rank and honestly dive master is not a rank it's a position okay let's be really clear about this Dive master and instructor are professional positions. But when it comes to, I don't know, if you want to call it a rank system, really master scuba diver is that highest rank until you decide to go professional. And I actually encourage people, and I know my agency would probably frown upon this, but I don't encourage everybody to become a dive master. And I certainly don't encourage everyone to become an instructor. For one, it costs a lot of money to do that. And unless you're really in it as a profession, you really don't really should not be in that unless you absolutely enjoy teaching, love teaching. But, you know, if you're going to teach a, a couple of friends a year and and then, you know, use your credentials to get a, a discount on air or something like that, you probably need to be doing something else. But I'm digressing on, on another topic. What I want to talk about is setting standards so high and being so firm on those standards that you start to really lose the enjoyment of diving. Now, when we talk about standards, oftentimes this gets confused with, you know, standards for diving, right? You know, like how many students that you can have and what, you know, what can happen on a dive site, what gear you need to have. This is more around standards that are set to, to make progress. You know, so standards can help us manage our people, uh, you know, our, our own behavior or other people's behavior. You know, an example might be that a, you know, elementary schools or high schools, they might set a standard for what students might wear or what their behavior is in the military. All of us had to deal with, with standards 
You know, we dealt with standards and, and protocols. Standards help to give us feedback on how we're doing and judging our own actions and helping us in the ways that we conduct ourselves. And for the most part, we're pretty good at noticing if we violate our own standards or, or break our own standards or if there are standards that are set for us. And, you know, a lot of times they can be good things. Like if you set a standard for yourself to go to the gym to work out, and even if you're tired, you know, when you get off work and you're like, okay, I'm going to go hit, you know, t- tonight is pool night. I'm going to go, you know, practice my finning techniques or I'm going to go work on cardio or I'm going to work on weights so that, you know, carrying the tanks in the summertime down, you know, a thousand sets of uh, stairs that, that, I, that I'm not losing, you know, I'm not going to hurt myself and I, and I can maintain good diver physique and, and things like that. So for the most part, standards are good. And where do standards come from? Well, we, we know there's a couple of areas that they come from, uh, such as social expectations. And we'll take social expectations. We internalize those expectations that we think that uh, other people should be holding for us. So, for example, there are times where someone might feel pressure to do well at a sport or do well in school or get it right the very first time, whatever it is, uh, or to follow you know, we see this in the service. My grandfather was a Marine. My father was a Marine. And now I have to be a Marine. I, I talked to veterans at that. The whole reason they went in the service was because it was a social expectation. There's also social learning. And this is where you observe and you and you begin to imitate the standards that other members will, will set for, for yourselves. Oftentimes, again, this is the family. Growing up in an environment is another place where we get our standards. And this is where other people can be anxious or harsh about making mistakes. So I've, I've got somebody that I was in the service with that they had to get it right the first time, every time without flaws. And it was the only way that they could keep from getting shouted at or being made fun of was that they had to be perfect every time. And they felt like both their mother and their father were more interested in their successes in sports and more specifically in grades. So that was the kind of environment that they grew up in. You can also learn standards through relationships. You know, the, the, the places where you, where you spend time. There's standards that are learned as people hang out with our veterans group, especially if they are... You know, if they don't have a veteran background, they begin to learn some of those standards through those relationships and and what the culture is like. And what happens is that sometimes standards begin to become linked to our own self-worth. And what I've been, or what I've seen in a few of the members of our community is that they can begin to have a negative view of themselves, you know, negative self, uh, you know, negative self-worth. And it's difficult when you have someone who is coming into your organization who already feels like maybe they're a bad person or, you know, they, you know, they've done bad things or that they're unlovable. And what begins to happen is that they begin to develop high standards 
so they feel more acceptable. They're chasing the ghost. So in situations like this, standards begin to act like a shield. It's, it's a protective covering, and, and they're striving to be perfect and, and meet those high standards. So they'll do, you know, they'll progress through dive rank to impress people. Or maybe it's the equipment that they buy, or it's the type of dives that they do and that can, you know, that can become dangerous. And it's because deep down, they might be feeling worthless. So it's important that we look at, when we're looking at divers in our community, we begin to ask a few questions when we're, count, when we're, uh, when we're coaching someone like this. You know, what were their experiences as they were growing up? Uh, what were the negative core beliefs that they developed because of those experiences? What is the solution that they developed to help manage those negative beliefs? What are the standards that they set for themselves to achieve that solution? And then the big thing is, what are the unintended consequences of striving to meet those problematic standards? You know, it's great to make 100 on a math test, but it's unrealistic to make 100 on every single math test. I've had people get upset because on their open water exam, they scored a 96 or they scored a 94. They scored an 84 and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, every, every test I've ever taken, I've made, you know, you know, 100s or, or 98s and above. And it's an unrealistic expectation to have a perfect record every time on the test that you take. And guys, it's an open water, it's an open water written exam. All right, we're going to go figure that stuff out in the water and make sure that you're a competent diver. Because I'd rather have you as a competent diver out on the dive site and in the training well than what you are on paper. I've had a lot of people make hundreds and 98s and 96s, and they were a horrible diver. And, you know, so it, it, it's cool. It's okay if you're, not, if you're not perfect. And it's okay if you're not perfect on the first time or even pass on the first time. And that's where standards, be, you know, that's, you know, when standards become unhelpful you know the standards are meant to motivate you standards are meant to be a guide and if you're one of those people who struggle with demanding standards at some point you probably have experienced strict rules that need to be followed and you're still following strict rules and in the language that it comes out is I should, I must, I ought, I ought to make a hundred. I ought to, I ought to have perfect buoyancy. And all those statements are related to your performance. I have to be the top diver. I have to be the first one to make dive master out of the group of divers I started with. It could, it could be financial standards. I have to be the first person to, uh, you know, to go to Roatan or, you know, or to pay for my Rotan trip, whatever it happens to be, right? And, you know, there's, there's, several, there's several reasons why demanding standards lead to problems. And first of all, they become impossible for you to achieve or sustain. And once you start making those impossible demands on yourself, you begin to keep making 
and keep demanding standards that become more and more extreme over time. It doesn't get easier. It gets harder every single time. And then as you're striving to meet those demanding standards, it has a negative impact on you and it has a negative impact on the people around you. Sometimes both. Being around someone who has to be has to do it right every time the first time and then when they don't get it right, it is a total energy sucker. It zaps your energy. I mean, and I've been on dive sites where you have that person who has to be a perfectionist, has to get it right, can't fail. Maybe they don't do well on a night dive. Maybe they don't do well on a search and recovery dive. And man, it eats them up. They let that one dive not only ruin the rest of the dive day for them, but man, they carry it on to their dive buddy. They carry it on to people that are around them. And it it takes away, you know, it, it takes away from, from what can be great on that dive site. So feeling good about yourself can start, you know, is, is really that start and being okay with just having fun out there. But a lot of it goes back, you know, we get triggered on some, you know, actions that have taken place. I mean, I, I have, uh, I've, I've had a manager in the past that, that had such strict standards that not only were their standards strict, they surrounded themselves with people who also had strict standards. And if you didn't meet that set of standards and that of expectations, you didn't get a hundred percent right every time they would tear you down. And the problem was that they surrounded themselves with people who had to have that positive feedback. And it was just such a cancerous and caustic and toxic environment that if you, you know, if you're one of those folks that was like, Hey, look, you know, we're, we're not saving lives. You know, we're going to figure this out, man. You were, you were shunned. Because that manager had such low esteem and low self-regard for themselves that they poisoned everybody else. And then that begins to carry over to other things. I remember coworkers talking about, you know, coworkers that I knew when I was working for that manager that I, I, I knew them before they started working with that manager. I already knew that they had some, some stuff going on. But man, one day, one day I heard one of my coworkers say something like, you know, what, man, when my room is not spotless, I feel like a failure. And it was the exact same thing that they said that morning at a meeting. Man, when my PowerPoints aren't right, I feel like a failure. And so you just have all this negativity that's taking place. So there are helpful standards. And, and there's, there's, there's standards that, that can be demanding, but that are healthy standards versus unhealthy standards. So being realistic, being flexible, having standards that are motivating, having standards that are achievable, standards that are enjoyable to pursue. So with our Badass Diver and my Master Scuba Diver program, people that set that up as a checklist are the ones that tend to burn out. The ones that go out there and just dive and have a good time, they do the experiments, they do the projects, they hang out with other people that are either doing badass or they're or they're hanging out with people who are doing the master scuba diver. Those are all life enhancing 
standards. And it has a positive impact on self-worth. You get to show off the things that you've made. It doesn't have to be right every time. It's okay to fail. We have people in our master scuba diver and in our badass diver programs that build some pretty incredible things, you know, showers for their vehicle so that they can warm up after a dive or building their own drying racks or going out and mapping an area. Those are things that they do that are life enhancing, not just for themselves, but for other people. Where it gets unhealthy is when the standards are extreme, they're inflexible, they're difficult or impossible to achieve. I know I've done that for myself. I set up, I, every year, I would do 90 dives in 90 days. And it is, it is very extreme to do that. And I would get anxiety if I, if I couldn't make dives. And in fact, I could put myself into a dangerous uh, situation or a situation where I just wasn't enjoying the diving because I was three or four dives behind what the curve should be. And so I would go in and I would knock out four dives in a day just for the stats. That's not enjoying diving. That's padding your numbers, man. That's, you know, you're trying to do 90 dives in 90 days. They should be 90 good dives. And if you can't do 90 good dives or 90 dives that you enjoy, then why do it? All you're doing at that point is blowing bubbles, sucking down air, and occupying aquatic space. That's all that is. So I myself, am, am, I'm guilty of it. And it would give me anxiety if I, was, if I was only like at 75 dives and I was into day 81. Because now I had a lot of time to make up. And it could become life interfering at that point. Because now you're blowing off other things and other people. And if you don't hit it, if I didn't hit it, it would have a, a huge impact on my self-worth. So you have to be careful about living with overly demanding standards. Because they do. They cause extreme anxiety. They invoke harsh self-criticism. And then when you look at the risk of failing, you start to you start to delay what you're you know what you're what you set out to do. And then you delay it and you avoid it, then you miss it. Now you go back into the self-harsh criticism that I didn't meet my standards. And it can become demanding on relationships. You can feel isolated. And we keep this vicious cycle going because you know we're we're striving to have positive consequences and yet when we set demanding standards for ourselves we can meet those standards but still discount the achievements and it can take over our life and if you don't meet the the standards you criticize yourself so how do we avoid this and you know I've used I've used the, the emotional dive belt, the emotional dive weight belt as, as a, a metaphor in the past. And so there's five things that we have to put on that weight belt that we have to be willing to take off. That way we're not 
sinking down in the muck. The first one, identify the demanding standards. Put a name on them. Grab a piece of masking tape, grab a Sharpie, write it on a dive weight. That way you physically feel, and don't do a two-pound weight. Well, I guess you could do a two-pound weight. Throw, throw, throw it on a five-pound weight. But identify what your demanding standards are. Carry that thing around, whether it's on a dive or not on a dive. Identify what the demanding standards are. Then second of all, monitor those standards. Understand what you're doing with those standards and how they're impacting your life. What is it that, that, that you're holding back? Is it and, and let's take this out of the diving sense and put it into a daily sense. So if if in the area of your life it's something like uh, you know your weight, your appearance, then the description of the demanding standard might be something like my body has to look a certain way. I have to be slim, I have to be muscular, I have got to be svelte, whatever it is, right? I have to maintain a certain weight or clothing size. Maybe it's that you have to look well-dressed. And then understand, how much do I agree with this? You know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do I uh, have to agree with this? With, with um, your, you know, organizing, keeping your die bag organized, or even in life, being organized. That things should always be perfectly organized. You know, your house has to be spotless. Your car has to be spotless. You have to have the newest diving gear. I have to keep my house neat and tidy at all times. I have to, to write out all my plans like it's a five-paragraph operational order. Veterans, you understand what that is. So identify what those standards are and then monitor those standards. So a great way to become more aware of your demanding standards is to practice self-monitoring. And you do this through journaling. It helps you keep record when one of your standards might become active. So one of my demanding standards that I recognize I have is I want my house to be spotless. I know what the triggers are from that. I know what caused me to want to make sure that anybody that pops by, by surprise, my house is ready to go. I know where that comes from, and I have to monitor that because it can, it can impact relationships. So I have to look out for those concerns about, about my performance. I have to look at the situation. Do I have thoughts around perfectionism? What's my body doing? What's my emotions doing? How do I respond to that? The other thing is that you have to be willing to explore your demanding standards, where they come from. Like I said a moment ago, house being spotless, I know where that comes from. I'm not going to share it here, but I know exactly where that, where that comes from. And then I have to be willing to think through those demanding standards. And then experiment with the standards. Where, you know, where can I go with those? What, what can I do with them? But understanding where those standards are coming from, knowing when I'm trying to meet that standard, are there advantages of that standard? What are the disadvantages of that standard? And then what's the worst thing that could happen if I didn't even try to meet that standard? 
I did this several years ago. I'm going to wrap up with this. I did this several years ago when I was going after my doctorate. And that was a strong standard I had set for myself. And I know why I was chasing it down. I was chasing it down because because I thought that everybody thought that I was stupid. Everybody thought I was a dummy. Because I, you know, because I was not a good high school student, man, all through my bachelor's program, both my master's programs, I worked hard. When I went, when I went to the military, my standard was I was going to be honor graduate or distinguished grad of every single course I went through. And if I didn't make it, man, it blew me away. When I was following after my doctorate, I got to a point where the first time through, I, I was missing my family. I was tired of seeing my daughter grow up without me noticing. And so I, I quit pretty, pretty quick. When I went back for it again, it happened to be at the same time that I was getting Neptune Warrior going. But man, I, I thought, man, I've told all these people about this goal. And now I'm going to get asked, so have you finished up your doctorate? Can we now call you Dr. Anderson? Or do you have your PhD? All that kind of stuff, right? And I would have to say no. But I got to a point that I didn't care. And the reason why I didn't care anymore is because I had decided to take away the power of validation from others. You see, when you give someone the power to validate you, you also give them the power to invalidate you. I'm going to say that one more time. When you give someone the power to validate you, you also give them the power to invalidate you. So you have to be willing to take that back to yourself. You got to make diving fun. You got to make life fun, whether it's diving or if it's life, whatever. You've got to ease up on your standards. You've got to make it fun. It's not a race to get to dive master or master scuba diver. It's not a competition to see who has the best buoyancy. You got to have fun with it. Because all that stuff will will carry on into other parts of your life and probably does carry on in other parts of your life. It's a, if it's affecting you as a diver, it's definitely affecting other parts of your life. All right, guys, get back out there. Go enjoy diving. Check out to see what your standards are. Make sure they're not unrealistic because you could be ruining all the fun as well as the relationships in your life. That's all I've got for this episode. Remember, as long as you've got air, you're all right. <laughs> and you're going to see I've got a pretty low standard right now for just how well this podcast goes. By the way, that's one of the standards I had to let go. I had to just be like, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I'm having fun with this thing. I dropped the standard of having to have a show out on every Friday, having to have a perfect show. So you guys get to, to hear all my imperfections. So once again, I'll say it. <laughs> as long as you've got air, you're all right.